don't see us, but we see you. You stop on sleep, get on your P's and Q's, cause you will get trapped with no distracts. You know the route, we keep the flows in check. You don't see us, but we see you. You stop on sleep, get on your P's and Q's, cause you will get trapped with no distracts. You know the route, we keep the flows in check. Mesmerizing, state of the art, caffeine. It's overhead like army first screen. Welcome to ICU Rounds, uh, brought to you by Emergency Medicine Remix. Today we have the uh, honor of speaking with one of our founding members. Uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself, and uh, she's going to uh, basically provide some speech therapy and hearing aids uh, to the uh, problem that we see affecting us societally and um, individually today. All right, thank you. Um, my name is Chidema Wakama. I am an ER doctor in Philadelphia, originally from Queens, and my heritage is from Nigeria. Um, John and I actually met through one of uh, my colleagues that I trained with, Jawad. Uh, they work together now in Atlanta, and so we kind of been collaborating now for like the past few, almost a year now. Yes. Uh, and so I think it's been a really wild ride. We've had a lot of fodder for our discussion in the recent weeks. Um, so I don't know how you want to do this. You want to ask me some questions or? Yeah, yeah let's do that. So, uh, you know, it, the reason we started this was to um, make visible the invisible, uh, to uh, give voice to those who are often silenced. And the physician component of this is called an ENT consult, ear, nose, and throat, and neck surgery, we've heard it all, and all of those things apply. We are actually going to give voice to the silence. We are actually going to address the choking and uh, strangling of uh, the marginalized and disenfranchised, and we're going to uh, be speaking and listening so that we can all gain a better collective health in this. Um, so first and foremost, uh, we're going to address what's the hot issue. Um, the often uh, uh, I would say recurrent disease of uh, police brutality, uh, racism, um, you put it in so many different categories. Right. What has been your experience, Chitty, as far as uh, you know, just that racism and you know, police profiling or violence? Right. Um, I fortunately have not been the victim of any violence, but I definitely have been the victim of racial profiling by the police. Um, <laughs> ironically, most of my experience always occurs when I'm leaving work for some reason. Um, so I work in an urban environment in West Philadelphia. Um, I park my car on the street because I don't feel like paying for parking. Um, so I'm usually coming home or driving home from work when I'm stopped by the police. And this has happened a, more than one time. Um, the most recent time, the time that really kind of, um, I guess, rattled me um, was a few months ago, I was driving home. It's usually late when I leave, like midnight, you know, 1 a.m. Um, driving home and this police car starts following me, no lights. Um, follows me for about four or five blocks. I'm sweating because, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what they're following me for, right? Follow me for about four or five blocks, finally puts their lights on, um, pulls me to the side. Two of the police officers come out. Um, one police officer is on the driver's side talking to me with a flashlight in my face. The other one's on the passenger side speaking, not, not speaking, he's just flashing the flashlight um, throughout, you know, the carriage of my vehicle. Um, 
so I roll down the window and he's like, um, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm on my way home. I just got off of work. And then he's like, oh, well, um, you know, this car was registered in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I'm like, yeah. And I said, well, my sis- it was my sister's car. I'm driving it. She gave it to me when she moved. It's my sister's car. And he's like, oh, well, Greenwich, Connecticut is a very wealthy um, part of the country. And I said, well, my sister used to live there. He's like, can I ask you what she did? And I said, well, she's a doctor. And he's like, oh, 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 okay. And he he said, uh, uh, well, you're coming home really late. Uh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a doctor too. And so he said, uh, oh, oh, um, can I see your ID? And I said, may I reach for it? You know, cause I'm not about to be set up in these streets. I'm like, may I reach for it? He said, yeah. So I, um, I pulled out my ID. He looked at it. He's like, oh, you actually work right around the corner. I said, yeah, I told you I'm on my way home from work. And he's like, yeah, we were just there with um, one, of, um, one of the people that we picked up, gunshot victims. I said, yeah, I, t- I took care of that person. I remember your face. And he said, oh, well, uh, 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 I said, well, what, what did you stop me for? You know, meanwhile, your, your um, colleague is still flashing his light into my car. And so I said, what did you stop me for? And he's stammering. He says, oh, well, your um, license plate was crooked. Um, you need to make sure that you fix that, especially if you're driving home this late. And then he's like, oh, well, and, you know, you're, you're lucky that you're a doctor. And then they left. So... You know, like things like that after a very stressful shift, like he even said like, oh, you know, we dropped a few people there tonight. And I'm like, I know it was busy. You know, I already have a lot that I'm unpacking on my drive home. Like my drive home is my only time where I can kind of unpack and let go of the things that I picked up from work. And then to have this happen, not on just one occasion, like this happens quite often um, for someone to stop me and, you know, agitate me in a way that's not necessary. Last time I was stopped, it was the tint on my car is too dark. You know, I've been driving this car now for how many years? I drive it in New York that has stricter uh, window tinting, you know, rules. Yeah, and and so I've never heard anything like that before. And it's usually something stupid like that. Oh, they try to find something. And it's like, if I wasn't a doctor, if I didn't have that quote unquote out, you know what I mean? If I was a, a young black male, you know, that m- might've had a past or might've had a warrant or might've not had a badge to show them, you know, what would have been the outcome? Right. right. And, 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 and you, yeah, you, you hit it on, I mean, golly, the, the uh, so the uh, part of the series, we call it the ICU rounds is a, a play on words, intensive care unit. We place our sickest patients there and the country's sick right now. The country's been sick for a long time with the terminal disease, and our racism. And the ICU, you saw this individual. You saw him come in and drop off patients, but he didn't see you. He didn't see me. And he couldn't he make the connection. He couldn't right. make the connection that this could be this person that I saw, you know? I right. saw you, I see right. you, I always see you, but you right. don't see me. And that's, that's, that's the issue. And, and now to the point that he didn't hear you either because you had said things that he didn't warrant as true. You know, I'm a doctor. Well, let me see some license or identification, you know? So he wasn't really, really hearing uh, in the process, you know? Right. And 
sad, sad but true. I mean, realistically, you hit you 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 don't branch over into two segments. This is ear, nose, and throat. Uh, ENT. Everybody needs two, and you're gonna put what your recommendations are because we're not just about uh, highlighting the problems. You know, if you want to listen, as they taught us in med school, you listen to your patients long enough, you'll hear them not only sometimes give you the diagnosis, sometimes they'll give you the treatment team, the solution. So we want you to give us the solution, but I wanted to add to what you just said to, to allow you to come back and add more of your story. Yeah, you're good. For, you're good for breath control. Breath control is the second part of our series. Uh, you know, how do you how do you breathe in these you know really suffocating right. times? Right. So, so how do you de-stress? How do you carry that? How do you catch your breath when when you're in those situations where you're already carrying a lot, and yet you got one more thing placed in your chest? Um, it's very hard. <laughs> I'll say that. I mean, the biggest thing is that I've, I've learned how to, I'm a master, um, comp compartmentalizer, I would say that. So I, I think I, um, I exist on a level of very, I'm constantly in a high stress situation, but I've mastered the way of putting that in boxes so when i need to open that up or if i need to close that away i can do that very easily i know not everybody has that which is why i'm able to function um with the job that i have despite everything that's going on around me i'm very I'm, i've kind of gleaned that over the years how to like put things in boxes and um i think that that's the only way that i'm surviving um, the problem is that sometimes I don't remember to open up those boxes when I need to. And that's the, that's, that's what I'm struggling with right now. So I need a, well, I need someone to give me a prescription because I, I think I'm handling it the best way that I can, but I'm sure that some of the things that I'm doing or some of the ways that I'm handling stress by just kind of putting them, putting it aside for now, um, could be detrimental to myself, to my health and to my person in the long run. But I think that that's what I've found right now um, to help me. I don't think I'd be able to survive if I didn't. I have a coronavirus box. I have a police brutality box. I got a Black Lives Matter box. I got a wedding box. I got work box, you know, so I have to kind of separate all those things because if all the boxes are open at the same time, I'm going to explode. Well, it's my prayer, and I mean it humbly, that today we help you unpack your box, the only just a little bit. That this yeah. was a opening of the box, you know. Uh, we got to come back because we all got boxes that we need to unpack, and nobody likes moving. But we got, you know, we got a, a trip to take. We got to get out of the situation. We got to get out of the situation. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it is. So, last but not least, so you you told us how you exercise breath control, you know, with your breathing treatments. Tell us um, on the ENT aspect. Everyone needs to. This one is hard, and I've been kind of thinking about this one because um, I don't feel like I have the answer. But I think at this point, everyone needs to educate themselves. That's what I would say. And this goes to people who are allies in this fight, especially. Um, the biggest thing that I've been seeing is a lot of people are clamoring to how can I help? And I think the first thing is educating yourself because if you don't know that there's a problem, if you don't know what that problem even looks like, you won't even know what you're trying to attack. Um, as far as most of us that are in this struggle, we need to support each other. Um, we're all going through this thing in different aspects. 
Um, so I think that the support of each other is going to be the thing that pushes us through, making sure that we show up for one another, making sure that we check on one another, and making sure that if somebody needs your assistance in these times, that you're there for them. Because I don't think there's any any other way. There are a lot of us are dealing with this in different ways. A lot of us are dealing with this in ways that we don't even know that we're dealing with it. So I think constantly checking on each other and then constantly striving to educate yourself on matters that you aren't privy to or don't even realize are going on. It's the way that we're gonna move forward. That's what I have for now. Um, I'm gonna think about new prescriptions as this goes on, but that's what I have for now. All right. Well, look, Chitty, thank you. Thank you for being a uh, friend. I'm gonna call you that. Yes. Thank you for being a uh, founding business partner. Hey. <laughs> thank you for being a co-soldier in these streets. Yes, so, I'm trying. So, yeah. So look, you, you stay strong, sister. You know, take care of us up there. Take care of you. Yeah. Uh, take care of the family up there. And, uh, you know, we're going to pick up and break bread as we always do very soon. All right. Thanks, sis.